The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFN Premier NFL Draft Podcast. I am Ian Cummings, joined by my good friend and co-host, Ali Hodgkinson. Ali, I got two questions for you. How you doing? And who is your LB1? Good afternoon. I'm doing good. I hope you are too, my man. Uh, who's my LB1? It's Devin Lloyd. It's always been Devin Lloyd. It's always um, been Devin Lloyd. That, yeah, yeah, Got to get that Devin meme Lloyd. in there, the astronaut <laughs> meme. I don't know if there's another word for it, but always has <laughs> been, right? Uh, yeah, I, and, and that kind of feels like a lazy, like established process. But I just, you know, we're going to talk about these linebackers. We're not going to dwell on Devin Lloyd and, and the Kobe D because they, they they both are kind of this consensus one-two of the linebacker group. But for yeah. me, it's you, the, the more you watch, you know, throughout this season – the, the the opinion that I had of um, of Devin Lloyd in the um, the summer scouting process hasn't changed. You know, he's only solidified his stock now. For me, Nakobe Dean actually has got better and better and better as the season progressed and brought himself closer to Devin Lloyd. If anything, but there's still for, for me for for me Devin Lloyd is still he's still my guy. He's still my LB one. And here's the thing: uh, we are going to get. I have a wrench to throw in this conversation, but we'll wait until later for that. I agree with you. The consensus one-two has pretty much been Lloyd and Dean. I think you know if you're not a if if the size for Dean isn't a concern for you, then you could have him as your LB one because I think that's like the biggest issue with him, honestly. Oh, but for sure, yeah. In case in case you uh, in case you uh, listeners didn't catch, we are getting straight into the action today. Uh, we've only got uh, we've got a lesser time period. We're trying to make these a little more streamlined. So, we, and you know, we love to talk. All right, so we are trying to be perspective perceptive of our own limitations here and uh, get to right get right down to brass tacks here. So the linebackers, that's what we're doing today. Obviously, uh, if you want to check out corners, wide receivers, safeties, we've been going through the different positional groups for the past episodes, and we're going to keep doing that up until the NFL draft. So today is linebacker. We will hit all the ones that we haven't covered eventually. Uh, but we're going with the guys on the second level of the defense today, Ali. And, yeah, I mean, we're talking about it. We might as well start with LB1 and 2. Uh, we can cover it. We don't need to take too long. Uh, I, as you said, we've pretty much gone over it. But uh, my LB1 at the moment is Devin Lloyd. I haven't graded all of them yet. But, you know, him and Dean are close enough where if the size isn't an issue for you with Dean, because I do think Dean is a little bit better processor than Lloyd. That was something that they're both great processors. Don't get me wrong. But I do think Dean is a little more consistent at identifying plays and reacting quickly uh, than Lloyd. And I do like that, you know, Dean with what he lacks in size kind of makes up for it with that physicality, engaging blocks. Sometimes it gets swept away in run defense because he's a little bit smaller, but does have the physical mindset to kind of counteract that. So I'm a big fan of both guys. They're right up there for me, but we've talked about them enough. Let's let's get to the other players because, you know, as we've mentioned over the course of this cycle, you know, this is a pretty interesting linebacker class. There's a lot of players clustered near the top, you know, and and quite a few that are getting round one buzz. I mean, it's it, it, it covers a very wide range of guys that could go in round one, but might not. And so we're going to try and get through that group today. Obviously, Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean are in that conversation, but there's other names, you know, in play here. And you look at guys like uh, Quay Walker, Troy Anderson, 
Uh, Leo Chenao is getting some hype after his combine performance. I mean, Chad Muma. I mean, there's so many different players that could crack that round one range or, you know, go on day two and be excellent value. I think that that's probably the optimal path for a lot of them. But we're going to talk about that here. So, so Ali, you know, just right off the bat, surface level analysis, that group behind Dean and, and Lloyd, because that, they're pretty much the consensus one, too. But how do you piece together that group behind them? Because there's a lot of different player types, a lot of athletes with size. And I think the NFL gravitates toward those guys. How are you looking at that group right now? That, I mean, that is a great point. And we, we were talking about this before we came on, that you look at um, the 10 guys that um, I have ranked um, behind Nakobe Dean and Devin Lloyd. All of those 10 linebacker prospects have got a relative athletic score, a RAS, of over eight and a half. It's like just a, an exceptional class of athletic linebackers. And it's it's intriguing um because is it you know th these are the 10 guys in my personal rankings behind um devon lloyd and the kobe dean um is it a preference for me as i watch am i more drawn to athletic linebacker prospects or is it just a um a, a microcosm of what the nfl looks for in the modern linebacker and you mentioned it then there's a there's an archetype there's a there's almost every single different archetype of linebacker available in this class um but they all uh, they're all incredibly athletic going all the way from my linebacker three um all the way down to um linebacker 12 and and you know some of these guys we're going to talk about i've still yet to do my final grading on the georgia defense um, I'm spending some time with with those guys this week. So Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, who I was a little lower on on first inspection. I know Quay Walker in particular is getting a lot of buzz at the moment. I'm intrigued to go back and, and find the why behind that significant linebacker buzz for Quay Walker. Because, you know, people are talking about him as a, a, a first-round linebacker. And I know you're, you have had the opportunity to go back and watch Quay Walker. So... I'm I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on him when we get to 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 you, and um, but for me, Chad Moomer is is my my guy, my next man up after, um, Nicobe Dean and Devon Lloyd, and I think I would be surprised if he sneaks into the back of the first round. That's not to say that he doesn't possess the talent to. I just think as you look at what we're dealing with in this 2022 NFL draft in terms of the depth of some of these positional groups, you know, we've talked in this podcast and on the spaces uh, about the depth of the edge group, wide receivers. We ran for our, our top wide receivers just last week. There is so much talent at positions of need for NFL teams. Quarterbacks are in, uh, invariably going to end up taking up probably three spots, maybe four spots, which we just, we, you know, we, we don't honestly believe that there's, the first round quality for the quarterback class, but they could take up those spots. So I, I think a guy like Chad Moomer probably slides in at the top of the second round. I know the Detroit Lions are a team that need a linebacker and they pick at 30, 34. And I think that's not a bad little landing spot for Chad Moomer or the New York Jets. They're in need of a guy to play alongside uh, Mosley in the linebacker group. Chad Moomer would fit in perfectly there, I think, for the New York Jets. But let's talk about why. Because Chad Moomer, for me, he is the archetypal three-down linebacker, but he's a guy who has the intelligence and the athletic profile to be a three-down linebacker in the NFL. 
you got a, a kid who I think showcases impressive lateral agility, uh, really flows to the ball. I know there was a video up around the senior ball time of the three linebackers um, uh, during senior ball practice, and you could see Chad Moomer leading the way, flowing to the ball. He just that's all over his Wyoming tape. You know, incredible athlete, um, possesses sideline to sideline range. He's physical, he's a physical te- and technical tackler as well. Kid with special teams experience, kid with leadership experience. So if you should go down what you're looking for at the linebacker position, have you got the intelligence to be able to um, sniff out the run? Have you got the intelligence to be able to um, be effective in coverage, both man and zone coverage? Yes, Chad Moomer ticks that box. Are you athletic enough to uh, be able to act upon those instincts, both coming downhill and side to side and backpedaling in coverage? Chad Moomer, for me, ticks that box. Sideline to sideline, play speed, I think, is there for Chad Moomer. You look at this relative athletic score in 9.77. And again, there's a lot of high-profile athletes in this class with extremely good relative athletic scores. Chad Moomer kind of ticks that intelligence, athleticism, leadership, um, three-down ability, size, 239 pounds, just under six foot three, decent arm length, just under 32-inch arms. I think you look at Chad Moomer, and he's often been described as a better Logan Wilson. You know, Laramie has become an unlikely linebacker pipeline to the NFL. Logan Wilson's doing extremely well for the Cincinnati Bengals. I look at Chad Moomer as a guy who can come in and make more of an impact, I think, than Logan Wilson did for the Cincinnati Bengals. So so right now, for me, until I've had the opportunity to go back and, and look at Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, Chad Moomer, for me, has the advantage over some of the other guys we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I think, like, Chad Moomer, here's the thing. This was the wrench that I was going to throw. You helped, you helped me segue right into it, so thank you for that. That's my co-host right there. But, you know, looking at <laughs> Chad Moomer, you know, looking at the traits that he has, like you have a checklist that you go through with every position, and I haven't done my final grade on him yet, but looking at his game, does he lack anything? Like, like seriously, he's got the size, all right? He's got the explosiveness. He gears up very quickly. You know, not elite agility, but he's got enough agility and twitch to change his tackling angles and short spaces to adjust on the fly. You know, he's a good tackler, as you mentioned. Very intelligent player who processes leverage quickly, re- reacts very quickly to emotions and, you know, play schemes. So you know, seeing what he has and what he doesn't, you know, I think the first list is, is much longer than the second. And, and I look at, you know, not, you know, having the athleticism, the size, the intelligence, the IQ, the tackling ability, the play strength to st- stack and shed in open space. You know, this guy legitimately could contend for LB1, I think. Like, I don't think it's out of the out of the conversation. You know, and I have yet to finalize the grade. But, you know, when he has a complete profile like this, I it would not surprise me if we look back in two or three years and Muma is the best best linebacker in this class. Because, you know, as much as I love Devin Lloyd and, and Kobe Dean, Devin Lloyd, with his size, he is a little bit lankier. He can struggle to get off blocks at times, right? So I think Muma is a little bit better there. And then obviously with Dean, the size is a big difference. Now with Dean, I think you're looking at him as the best Mike in the class for sure. If you're looking for a Mike, you know, that is your guy. Like this is a guy who could process very quickly, react very quickly, communicate with the rest of the defense, get guys in, in, in place. But with Muma, you know, I just look at what does he lack? And and, and the, the answer is very little. So looking at that, you know, that kind of gets him in that top top linebacker conversation. I don't think he goes round one, but 
given how he tested, especially that 40 inch vertical, you know, around 6'3, 239, you know, he's got the tools. And, you know, you look at guys like Troy Anderson. Yeah, he has the tools too. But he's very raw. I mean, he is very raw from, a, from an identification standpoint, tackling angles and open space. You know, can be a little slow to react sometimes, can, you know, fall for eye candy a lot. So with Muma, he's a, he's a lot more, and Muma has his, his lumps too. Every linebacker does. When you have that much on your plate, you're not going to be perfect. But I think Muma is much more disciplined and much more consistent with how he reads and reacts to plays and how he compounds that with his athleticism. So I look at him and there's, there's, as you said, I mean, he is right up there. So Chad Muma, you know, not just a sleeper anymore. This guy could be one of the top linebackers in the class. You mentioned Quay Walker, and I want to get to him as well uh, because he's another fun player. I mean, I was I was watching the Georgia guys. I was finalizing them, and I've got a pretty clear hierarchy. It's N'Kobe Dean. It's Quay Walker a little bit below N'Kobe Dean, and then it's Channing Tindall a safe distance below them as well. I think I think it's Quay Walker and N'Kobe Dean at the top. Uh, for me, Channing Tindall, the gap is a little bit higher between him and the, and the other two. I think with Tindall, you know, the processing and the coverage is really inconsistent. Right now, he's mainly just a run and chase linebacker. He has the explosiveness and the tackling ability to be very good in that role and very good on a special teams role early on as well. But I look at N'Kobe Dean and Quay Walker, and I think those guys kind of separate themselves as prospects a little bit. And with Walker, you know, it's kind of the opposite of Dean, right? He's around 6'3 and 3 fourths. 241 pounds, 32.58 arms. So very good size, very good density. I mean, this guy can has that, you know, that versatile upside that you look for. I mean, he's super explosive, very agile as well. I love his lateral agility, how freely he moves and, and kind of traverses the, the gaps, moves sideline to sideline. You know, once he straightens out too, he's got range. He can cover a lot of ground. He's got great play strength. All right. He can stack and shed blocks. You know, he can kind of occupy those blocks and occupy spaces and kind of clog lanes for running backs. He's a good tackler as well. You know, I think he uses his frame really well. He's a physical player. Uh, I think that the physicality sometimes, especially in coverage, sometimes he relies on that physicality. Coverage and, and I think processing are two areas where Quay Walker can become a little more consistent, especially with processing. You know, there are some times where he reacts a little bit later than you'd want him to. But I do think he's shown, especially in run defense, that he can process leverage in space, you know, on the fly and, and really adjust to those angles well. That's one thing that Christian Harris really struggles with to do consistently. And I think Walker is a better player when it comes to that. So what you're looking for with processing, I feel like, because we've had interesting conversations about this. And it's, it's interesting in that processing is something that ideally you'd think you'd be able to develop over time. But at the same time, we don't always see linebackers get better at that in the NFL because, you know, the game moves even faster, can be a little bit harder to adjust, let alone improve in that, right? So we don't have, you know, we haven't been scouting for long. We don't have a huge sample size to go off of, but it doesn't seem like something that can get loads better at the NFL level. That said, if you have the capacity for it, I think that's the important thing to distinguish. If a player has the capacity to process information and react to it, you know, because then that's something to build off of at the NFL level. And I do think Quay Walker has that. So I look at that combined with, the size, the explosiveness, the athleticism, you know, the ability to move in space and, and really, you know, cover ground, you know, and then the lateral agility to kind of shade blocks and, and and do all that stuff. He's got a lot of fun traits. And I would love to get him in the outside backer role where he can be versatile, use him as a blitzer, you know, let him drop back in coverage again. A little raw there, over relies on his physicality too much, but I see why he's getting some first round hype. I wouldn't take him there. I wouldn't take him quite that high. But I would, you know, consider him early day two because this is a guy that has all the traits and I think you can develop him up pretty easily. So Quay Walker is, is a fun player. Uh, again, not as high as N'Kobe Dean 
but has that upside that you're willing to invest in at a certain point. Yeah, and I think from my, my first um, watch through of Quay Walker, certainly you talked about the the processing, and that's I think that's really clear on tape when you watch Quay Walker. You know, he's he's, he's an incredibly intelligent player who reads the game very well. Particularly, I was particularly impressed with um, his intelligence in zone coverage. But like you like you said, he's got the athletic ability to um, to be impactful. Uh, in man coverage as well, it covers tight ends well. Um, with that physicality that that you mentioned there, um, I think with with Channing Tindall, uh, it's just a smaller a smaller guy. I think you know that's probably going to be um, one of the the knocks against him um, at the next level. Is you know he's he is a speedy gap shooter. He does show the ability to play sideline to sideline, but he is just a, a little bit smaller and less physical than than Quay Walker. Um, good, you know, almost a good couple of inches short, a good 10, 12 pounds lighter than Quay Walker as well. Um, with with both of those guys, uh, well, sorry, the, the, um, Chad Moomer and, and Quay Walker that we've talked about, is that that three down ability. We keep coming back to that is having a complete game and having three down ability. And, and one intriguing prospect who's received a lot of hype is um, Leo Chanel. And we'll talk a little bit about Leo now because on paper, this kid is unreal. You know, six foot two, just over six foot two and a half, 250 pounds. So he's got that, that old school physical linebacker build, I like to call it. Incredible, incredibly productive college career. You know, 18 and a half tackles for loss this year, eight sacks, two forced fumbles. Explosive athlete. We've seen the relative athletic score nine point nine nine, which some people have, have gone absolutely crazy for. You mentioned processing. You know, Leo Chanel is an excellent processor, um, but some of there's some athletic limitations there, despite the impressive um, RAS, um, particularly when it pertains to, to coverage. And I think that is the the issue when we start having these conversations and comparisons with this linebacker group is. Few of these guys, a couple of these guys, are really, really have that do it all ability and project to the NFL level as having that do it all three down linebacker um, value to them. And then, and as as we said before we came on, there's there's value and there's a position and a role for for all linebacker archetypes, regardless of their potential to, um, to contribute on all three downs. But when you start comparing guys like Chanel and Chad Moomer, the the difference is very clear to see in terms of what they bring to the table as a as an NFL prospect and how they project to the NFL. You look at Chanel, there's no arguing that I, I wouldn't want to meet this guy in an alleyway. Let's put it that way. You see how he comes downfield, excellent um, explosion, um, gap penetration is is off the charts when you watch him. Sometimes I, I seem to think or seem to remember off the top of my head watching some of Chat, uh, Leo Chanel and him actually coming off the edge as well um, for, for Wisconsin. Just an incredible force at getting into the backfield. Reliable tackler as well. Um, doesn't give a, doesn't give away a lot of missed tackles. Really impressive in that regard. But some of the, the fluidity and coverage just, just isn't there for me. When you, you talk about comparisons to a guy like uh, Chad Muma, who who has got that ability to to backpedal and, and get sideline to sideline and you know move with good lateral agility. 
Uh, I think Leo Chanel falls a little bit short in that regard. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I would agree. I think the lateral agility, that was the biggest thing that stood out to me, right? Is that I think, well, first off, you know, you want to talk about what a, what a prospect can do first. And I think what he can do is be an absolute destroyer in the box. I mean, you want to talk about processing leverage and identifying gaps to shoot through. This guy knows like he is very instinctive in those short spaces. And you love that because everything is moving so fast in those condensed spaces. Some guys get flushed out like Chris. I'll, I'll go with Christian Harris again. I, I hate to rag on the guy, but, you know, just watch him. It's fresh from this morning and he's physical. Yeah, but there's a lot of times where he shies away from those tight spaces because, you know, it just kind of fades away from it. You know, not looking to get in there. And there are times where he surges through gaps, but, you know, it, it takes a lot to be consistent in that role. You know, willing to dive in, you know, get a little get your hands dirty, get into congestion and swim through it and make those plays. And I think, you know, Leo Chanel not only not only has the willingness and the physicality, but also the instincts to get through there efficiently and make the play in the backfield. So I think, you know, a comp that I've seen thrown around and and that I do like as a top end comp is Dante Hightower, because again, he does have the athletic tools. He's a, he's a brick house. I mean, this guy is huge. He's dense and he's super physical, you know, at the height of his game, Dante Howard Hightower was an elite run stuffer on those early downs. And I think Leo Chanel can be that, but as you said, you know, in the modern NFL, you got to hold up your weight in coverage. Do I trust Leo Chanel to do that as much as other linebackers in this class? No, I don't. So that's what pushes him out of the round one conversation for me, you know, out of the top linebacker conversation for me. But it's still a very good player, you know, who you have a defined role for, you know, which is very important. Some of these guys, you know, have the athletic traits, but we don't really know where to put them. And that can be the, a death knell for some prospects where they never really find a home at the next level. You know what you're getting with Leo Chanel. You know where you're going to put them. And you know he's going to be good there. So I can definitely see the appeal with that. But as you said, you know, in coverage, I think the lateral stiffness was something that really stuck out for me. And that could delay his responses at times. You know, I, I just don't love that, especially against NFL athletes in space. You know, I do think it's going to be a little rough for him being clunky in coverage. But you know, I do like the security that he provides with the role that he has. It's a it's a fun, a fun skill set to work with for sure. But we can't just look at the RAS and say, yeah, he's a first round player. You know, you got to look at the tape, kind of discern what the limitations are beyond the numbers. And I think uh, Troy Anderson's another good, a good case study with that. I think he ran like a four four two. He had crazy numbers. I'm going to try and pull him up here. We've only got around seven minutes left, so we're gonna try and uh, you know get, get some. Let me let me save you some time in the interest of saving some time. Thirty six yeah, yeah. inch vert, ten eight broad, four four two forty second dash at two hundred and forty three pounds. Yeah, it's six three and a half and two forty three pounds. So yeah. the physical talent is not lacking on this guy, and his history is really fun too. I mean, he was like a Taysom Hill type type quarterback his first couple of years in Montana State. Uh, then moved to linebacker and was one of the best playmakers in the FCS level at the defensive side of the ball. Um, I do like that he's been showing growth, especially at the Senior Bowl. You know, you saw him being able to read and react and, and come downhill and make those plays. It was a little too inconsistent for me on tape to say that he's going to be a high level starter right away. I love the versatility. I love the tools. Um, you know, he can play outside backer. He played Mike a little bit at Montana State, you know, and he was also able to go to the overhang slot and he's got the fluidity to hold up in coverage and space and the explosiveness out of his breaks 
and the speed as well as his testing shows. But, you know, I just I look at the read and reaction, the inconsistency that comes with it. You know, it was very much hit and miss at times and taking, you know, faulty angles a lot coming downfield. It's going to take time for him, I think, to get the feel of the NFL game and the pacing of the NFL game down. And I'm, that's not to say he can't do it. But with Troy Anderson, I feel like the testing numbers are going to get him picked a little earlier than he should be. You know, I look at all these, a lot of these guys as day two picks who can develop into very good starters, but, you know, might get a little too much pressure on them early on because of that early capital. Yeah, and I, you know, I've heard a lot of talk about Troy Anderson as being a, a round two guy, uh, you know, challenging the the top linebackers, and you know, as we we've, we've mentioned there, the, the the athletic upside is incredible. The um, the explosiveness he plays with, the physicality that he plays with, um, he's he's not scared to go one on one with anyone, and I guess when you've played fullback at the FCS level, you know, you you that breeds that. Um, fearlessness in your game, um, and he's got you know some of the the measurables we talked about there. Throwing, he's he's possessing um, imitation of excellent length as well. He's got good good long arms like um, a number of the, the linebackers in this class. But you use the word inconsistent. I think it's a great word to sum up some of the guys that are funneling in behind um, Nakobe Dean and, and Devin Lloyd, you know, you, uh, you've mentioned Christian Harris and honestly, if you're listening, Christian Harris, or if there's any Alabama fans, li- any Alabama fans listening, this isn't a podcast designed to beat Christian Harris to within an inch of his life. Um, but he's, he's a great example of some of the, um, struggles with inconsistency that some of this linebacker class have had. You know, his his best game of the season, he, he was almost an invisible man for large parts for 2021, um, college football season, having come in in the conversation with Nakobe Dean and, and Devin Lloyd as being the top linebacker in the class. He was very much a, an invisible man for large swathes and um, had that ex- incredible performance in the, the uh, national championship, albeit on a, a losing team. Ended up with decent, almost respectable um, production numbers for his final season. Um, and he, on his day, he's fast, he's physical. He's got the technical refinement and the the length to get off blockers. Um, there's just so much inconsistency. And then for a kid who was a high school defensive back to struggle in coverage the way that he does is is not something that you would expect. Uh, yeah, I will. I will say, get him in that reactive OLB role. You know, like we got to discern in this class, especially like who's an OLB, who's an ILB, like who's that you know yeah. that run and chase guy, who's the mic who can actually call signals and kind of you know direct the defense. Uh, a lot of these guys are OLBs probably, you know, even Devin Lloyd, I think is probably better as an OLB compared to Nicobe Dean, who's an ILB. And obviously scheme plays a hand in this too, like three, four, they're both ILBs, right? You know, so it's, it's, it differentiates between teams, but Harris is that OLB, you know, where you don't really want him calling signals on his own. You know, he's a read and react run and chase guy who has the athleticism to make up for that, for that slow reaction time sometimes, or, you know, the inconsistency, you know, but there are again, there are a lot of inconsistencies. So you got to get him in the right role that will supplement that athleticism, and hopefully, with NFL coaching, can take the next step. And that, I think that's exactly the same for a guy who I was, I was really hot on coming into the year, and that Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith. You know, again on on paper, ticks uh, ticks a lot of boxes. You know, six foot three and a half, two fifty pounds, big old wingspan, eighty one and a half inches, the length of thirty four and five apes. Um, he posted a, an incredible relative athletic score as well as you'd expect from a kid who has always been an athletic freak. You know, a high school um, standout, 
Penn State always produce these incredible athletes. Um, and on his day, Brandon Smith shows some some almost elite level ability. You know, he's, he showcases excellent coverage ability. He's got that size that we just mentioned there to clog up running lanes. He's sometimes you watch him as a, a um, when he blitzes the quarterback and it's almost a terrifying prospect for the quarterback to see Brandon Smith come flying at you. And he does possess vision. He does possess good instincts, but he's just, he's just so inconsistent. And I think a lot of people expected to see a lot more out of Brandon Smith this season. And he, he struggled to, to produce. And, you know, like you say, the, the NFL projection where a player like Brandon Smith lands, what scheme fit he lands with, and what coaching he receives could make or break uh, Brandon Smith between a uh, bet- the difference between being a, an excellent player at the next level and just another guy who ends up as a as a backup at the NFL level because it's such fine lines sometimes with some of these prospects that show a lot of inconsistency. Yeah, and that kind of that kind of boils down to like if you really want to if you're really confident in a prospect and his processing. That's when you, th- when you can take him early. If he if he's inconsistent there, it's not necessarily a death blow to your career. But that's the guy that maybe you want to try and spend less premier capital on. If you can get him later, that's a good value deal. Develop him up. Um, but you know, not just athleticism processing is important too because you know, well theoretically, you can teach it a little bit. It, a lot of it is kind of innate too, especially when you're in the flow with the game. So often, habit takes over. And if they have bad habits, there, you know, it can it can end up you know, really hurting you in the NFL. So it's something to keep an eye on watching these prospects. But, you know, we are just about out of time trying to keep it a little bit quicker, a little more streamlined for everyone out there. Uh, But Ali, real quick, rapid fire. And I mean rapid fire, okay? We've bent the rules with this before, but not anymore. (laughs) Rapid fire. Who are some linebackers that you want to get off real quick? Get on the pod. Uh, Brian Asamaro, Terrell Bernard, Baylor, Darian Beaters, Cincinnati, and Jesse Lucetta, another Penn State product. I think they kind of round out my top prospects probably going down to I think Laquetta's somewhere around the 140 range off the top of my, my head but Darian Beaver's out of Cincinnati I think he's a kid who doesn't get the respect that he deserves in this class I agree I love I love that you uh you subscribed completely to the rapid fire idea I think I timed that at like 12 seconds so bravo Ali bravo I'll add one more here Damone Clark LSU obviously gonna miss his first season had a uh, surgery I can't remember I think it was back surgery uh, but he's gonna miss that first season with that injury that'll kind of drop him down boards but he could end up being a steal you know in in year two because he's athletic he's rangy uh he's got some might capabilities he's physical really good size uh so i think if you're looking for a guy a high value deal you know who whose value might be a little diluted because of his injury damone clark could be a very good one so a lot of names to keep an eye on in this linebacker class really really strong at the top you know it dips a little bit the depth isn't quite there but still a lot of prospects to, to, you know, watch and keep an eye on and study. And that's the fun part of it. That's what we're doing this entire cycle. So but with that, we are out of time. So I want to thank everyone for listening, as always, to the PFM Premier NFL Draft Podcast. Obviously, leading up to the draft, we've got uh, Twitter spaces going Monday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Ali has an AMA at 12 p.m. on, uh, on uh, Tuesday. And then I've got one at 5 on Friday, AMA on Twitter, where you can ask us questions. And always feel free to ask us, you know, just whenever, at Ian underscore Cummings underscore 9 is my handle. His is at OJ Hodgkinson. So if you have any questions, concerns, comments uh, about our analysis, feel free uh, to, to hit us up there on Twitter. But until next time, everyone, peace out. Have a good one.